doing wonderful tonight i'm back with my podcasting headphones on and i'm excited and ready to go to uh start talking about some stuff other than star wars for a minute here right yeah it, it has been uh, for, for those uh for those that have joined us for our for our latest few episodes uh we are we are coming off of a three episode really long form discussion of the star wars sequel trilogy which i have to say we're were amazing. Thank you again for all of the editing work that you did with those, and 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 not only that, but kind of getting getting the format set up and and kind of leading us through that. That was they were awesome. I I, I thoroughly enjoyed them. I, I agree hundred percent. It was a lot of fun. I'm still cutting my teeth a little bit on this whole editing thing, but it's uh, it's satisfying. It scratches all my OCD itches. Let's just say that <laughs> it lets well, me yeah. go through and and clean up and tidy up all the little tidbits that get missed along the way so I very much enjoy it and to be honest I think you already sort of said this but you know those those discussions around the sequel trilogy were really where I wanted to go from the minute we started talking about doing this together so I'm really excited we finally got to do that and I'd have to say that it certainly has lit a fire for me because I want to keep doing that I, I think we should definitely consider moving on to a different franchise or a different topic of some kind. But, you know, those deep dives with those agendas and, and the kind of back and forth between your perspective and mine, that was really satisfying for uh, all the work that was put into it. And I can't wait to do it again. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree wholeheartedly. If you're, if you're out there listening, if you have thoughts on, you know, what we should, what we should cover, we are, we're all ears. You can, you can get a hold of us a bunch of different ways. You can leave a comment wherever, you know, whatever podcast platform you're listening on, you can tweet us, you can send us a Facebook message, you know, this, that, you know, just reach out. We, we're out there. I, I think we, we've got some ideas in terms of what, where we may go next, but we love kind of hearing, hearing from our fans. So you had mentioned earlier at the very top of the show that you've got your podcasting headphones back on. I, I am actually in the car right now. I hope that the audio is okay. For, the, for those of you that don't know, I, I'm, I'm sure we've talked about it. Pip and I live in two different states. We're about five hours apart. And, and we really, we have struggles between his schedule and my schedule in terms of getting this done. And so I'm actually on the road this evening. I've got about a 40 minute drive going to pick up my, my oldest son from his girlfriend's house. And we were scheduled to podcast tonight. And I said, fuck it. I want to do this. If we can make the technology work, let's make it work. And so I'm, uh, I'm in the car and Pip is at home. And uh, hopefully the audio comes out good enough to start. And, and I won't have to put you through too much of your, uh, your editing wizardry in post-production so but thank you in advance <laughs> i appreciate it i'm just glad we get a chance to do it tonight I'm, I'm glad that you're sort of throwing caution in the wind uh it's really brave of you to uh to have your whiskey while you're driving i think that's really uh i'm just kidding of course you're not you're not drinking while you're driving 
No, that was I'm the not, that no. was the the craziest part about this whole idea of doing this tonight is that you were going to be podcasting with me without your whiskey by your side because I've got my gin. I'm I'm not deviating from my usual plan. But well, I'm 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 glad I'm glad that you're not. And, and no, I I'm not. Who knows? Maybe by the time we get done with this, maybe I'll be home, <laughs> settled in, settled into my spot. And maybe I'll have a drink in, in front of me. So, so let's see what what we are doing this evening is we're kind of going back to a format that we did prior to the deep dive. And again, I think it's very fair to say that we are definitely not done with the deep dive format. I think I think it's very fair to say that we both love that format. But we're going to do kind of a little bit of a, a palate cleanser, for lack of a better term, and we're going to go back to the kind of top five favorite format where, you know, Pip will start and then I'll give one and, and then back and forth. These episodes for me are still really, really enjoyable, but in a very different way. Part of the reason that I love them is because I, I like to hear your perspective. I like to hear how your perspective differs than mine. And, and I really enjoy these lists where it's not really, there's not a foregone conclusion of what's going to be on the list. So t- tonight we're going to do the, our top five favorite MCU movies, Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. This is a, it's a relatively small list of movies to choose from. I think there's what, 20, 20, 20 and change, something like 25, whatever it is. Yeah, I Did think you 23 or 24 probably okay. going back to Iron Man in 2008, I believe it was. Right. But I would imagine, I, there, there were, I, I think there'll be at least one probably two overlaps. I'm not sure where they're going to be, if they'll be the exact same number. I think we've had that a couple times on the, on the show here, but, and, and we've got one honorable mention, and then we've also got one other little, um, what would you call it? What would you call the, the bonus an add-on or a bonus category? There you go. Yeah. So again, tonight we're doing Marvel cinematic universe movies. And again, I, I do make that distinction because if we're talking about all Marvel movies, there's actually a lot more than I thought there was. There's like more 60 Marvel movies. So like if yeah. you include all the X-Men movies and, and all those kind of things. But again, tonight we're just talking about the MCU. So would, would you like to start or do you want me to start this evening? Uh, no, I'll, I'll go ahead and kick things off. That's fine. Yeah, this is, this is going to be exciting because for me, this is very topical. You know, Marvel has, has kind of come back out of the woodwork after you know, the whole pandemic issue where we had a bit of a drought of content and we had uh, the show WandaVision earlier in the year, which I thought was fantastic. It was very innovative and and a really fresh kind of format to what we're used to. And then of course we had the Falcon and Winter Soldier shortly after that. The show Loki just kind of wrapped up and then I actually went to the theater for the first time uh, in, uh, well, I shouldn't say the first time, I, the first time back to the theaters was to take my kids to see the sequel to Boss Baby, but I don't count that because that was not for me and uh, I'm selfish like that. So my first uh, acknowledged movie back in the theaters was Black Widow, uh, which just came out a couple of weeks ago. And that was the one that I was very excited to see. So it's this is all very kind of fresh and it's all kind of coming back. The content is being thrown out there. We're going to have a couple more movies this year. We're going to have I don't know how to pronounce it, Shang-Chi or something like that, The Legend of Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings, yep. something along those lines. I'm, I'm butchering that pronunciation. We have the Spider-Man movie is going to come out this year. The third movie, the second sequel 
for the Spider-Man series. I believe the Hawkeye series on Disney Plus is also going to come out. So there's there's a yeah. lot of stuff getting ready to come out. So that, that's why we chose this topic. I think it's or that's why I thought it would be a good idea to do this topic because it's uh, it's it's the movies are back and it's starting to hit the ground running. And I'm I'm really excited about it. For my first movie, so my number five, I'm working my way from the bottom to the top, was the movie that came out in 2016. And this is the first one in a while that had sort of broken the format. You know, Marvel has done a really good job of establishing a format and a motif and sort of a, a formula that they followed for many movies as they told a bunch of origin stories. And when they got to... 2016 and put out Captain America Civil War, I really felt like they stepped it up a notch. This was directed by the Russo brothers who are going to make many appearances on my top five list tonight. Uh, it pulled in a very modest $1.15 billion in the box office. It was the first Jesus movie. Christ. Yeah, exactly. It was the first movie in phase three. So obviously, as many of you Marvel fans know, they break these movies up into phases I don't really know the rhyme or reason behind how they do it, other than maybe the timing of when the movies come out, because they do truncate it in, in weird places. But this is loosely based off of the comic run of the same name and featuring, you know, basically the breakup of the Avengers, which I thought was really, really innovative. Uh, the movie didn't really feature a traditional supervillain. And, you know, there was no Thanos in this one. There was no Ironmonger or whatever the case may be. No Loki in this one. This was... Uh, Baron Zemo was the super villain here, but instead he played more of a really diabolical type character who was smart enough to turn the Avengers against each other. And this was really the first non-Avengers movie. I'll use Avengers in air quotes because it's it's not an Avengers movie, but it's it's one of the first ones that really started combining a lot of the characters, right? They had, this basically felt like an Avengers movie, which is why I think I really liked it. It was a ton of fun. It was really exciting. It introduced Spider-Man into the Marvel Universe officially. Spider-Man has obviously always been a Marvel character, but the movie rights were purchased by Sony many years ago, which is why the Tobey Maguire and the Andrew Garfield movies all appeared under Sony. And this is the first time that we're seeing him with all the uh, comic book peers. Uh, but this is the uh, second movie that's set after the events in the Age of Ultron, which featured the destruction of Sokovia which is really interesting because that fuels a lot of the fire that breaks up the Avengers. And it, it deals with the Sokovia Accords and, and how half of them think it's a good idea to sign this for the Avengers to be regulated by the government or by the United Nations and the other half don't feel that way. So it, it was an incredible movie. It had a lot of really great tension. It was sad to see the, the breakup of, of Iron Man and Captain America, but it created a really fun team cap versus team Iron Man culture out there. And I just, this is one of the most rewatchable movies of the entire series. And I thought they really, really did a fantastic job with it. Yeah, I, it, I agree. It's, it's a great film. It's funny for whatever reason. And I, I can't tell you why when this one came out, I like, I didn't see it right away. It was several years before I got to, Civil, or Civil War. And I know you you were busting my balls, I know, for years. But you're like, I can't believe I haven't seen that movie, blah, blah, blah. But you're right. I mean, it, it is it is the um, it's the closest thing to an Avengers movie without being an Avengers movie, right? A ton of great action. There's There really is something for everybody. You know, it does give us the introduction of Tom Holland as Spider-Man, who I think does a great job. 
Um, And just a great job. I will say I did like a couple of those Tobey Maguire movies, the first one. And and then the, was the second one with Doc Ock? Yes, correct. I liked, I liked those first two. I didn't really care for the, the, the Garfield movies, not because he did a poor job, but I just didn't really care for those movies. But I think Tom Holland, to me, he is the, the truest Peter Parker. You know, he is, he's that, that I don't want to say childlike, but he's, you know, he's just an adolescent, uh, which is what Superman or Spider-Man was. Right. And I just think he does a wonderful job. Great. That's a, that's an awesome start to, uh, yeah. to tonight's show. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. And I, I, I think Tom Holland is the best Spider-Man. I, it's funny. You mentioned the Andrew Garfield movies because I really wanted to like those in my opinion i think the reason that those did not go over well is because they were just made too soon after the toby mcguire movies uh, i don't remember what the time frame was but it was a matter of a small handful of years from spider-man 3 to the amazing spider-man i think it was the first andrew garfield movie and i think we just hadn't let it sit long enough and it was too easy to compare the andrew garfield series with toby mcguire series which i i'm not a huge fan of the toby mcguire series but i do think it's better and I'll be really interested to see this upcoming Spider-Man movie that comes out in December because it's going to introduce the multiverse, which is allegedly going to bring Tobey Maguire into this movie and Alfred Molina as Doc Ock. So we'll see well, what that, happens there. That, that, that's going to be That would huge. be tremendous. Yeah. yeah, that would that would be tremendous. Yeah. So, All right. What's your number right. five? My number five is uh, I would imagine we'll make an appearance on your list if i had to guess and you will probably think this is too low this is 2014's the winter soldier captain america the winter soldier fantastic um this is a movie that actually you and i saw it together or it was the first time that i saw it i was with you that's right yeah and Um, i feel like you were pretty lukewarm on it at the time i was i was incredibly lukewarm on it Yes. In fact, I went back on my blog and I read my review of it. And I, yeah, I was, I was not a fan. Initially, I thought it was very formulaic. I thought it was just kind of out of a video game. I didn't really care for the Winter Soldier as a bad guy. Yeah, I just, I didn't, I didn't have a ton good to say about it. So I guess the, the obvious question is what has changed, right? What has changed for me is I've, I've gone back, I have watched it, you know, a, a a slew more times I started kind of picking up the nuances that are in there and and I just really kind of fell in love with this movie and I think part of it is probably just you know investing so much time in this universe and with these characters right that that makes it better upon rewatch you know the other thing is you know I'm from Cleveland and a lot of this movie is filmed in Cleveland you know and and so there, there is some sentimental value there for me as well but but this is I really, really love this film. There's a ton of action in it. The scenes are great. It really expands quite a bit on not only the Winter Soldier Bucky character, spoiler alert, but, um, but, but on Captain America as well, right? Uh, you, in, the, in my mind, this is really where you see, you know, it's not the origin story where you see Cap, but it's in my mind, it's really where you start to see Cap really kind of start to spread his wings as a character. And he's he's not my favorite character in the Mar- in the Marvel universe, but he's he's right up there. He, I, I'm just I'm a big fan of Cap, and it's and it's almost primarily because of this movie. And it warms my heart a lot that you came around on this because I remember seeing this. I remember thinking it was really good from a story perspective and and just an overall moving the bar forward for the 
overarching storyline for the Marvel Universe. And I thought it was really exciting to sit through it. And I remember that you didn't love it as much as I did. And it's great to see that on here. I think that if I could speculate, and I could be totally wrong about this, but I think maybe one of the reasons that you and, and maybe even me to that point we weren't in love with Captain America because I don't know if I'm being honest, the first movie wasn't my favorite. I liked it. I've gone back and revisited it much like you have with winter soldier and found things that I really liked about it. So I've, I've warmed on it tremendously, but when I first saw it, I just kind of thought it was boring and, and Captain America, if he's not played right, can be very boring. He can be like Superman in the sense that he's basically invulnerable and, and doesn't really have a lot of flash and, not super cool, quote unquote, but um, I, I think this is the movie where they, they took him out of that a little bit. And then, of course, they, they really graduate, you know, that character throughout the rest of the series. And uh, yeah. so I'm, I'm glad you have that on here. Yep, absolutely. All right, sir, what, uh, what do you got for number four? All right. Well, my number four comes from 2017. Mine are all pretty recent. This is one that I feel like I was waiting for the whole time. And when we finally got it, because this character had not been treated the way that I wanted to see him be treated to this point. This was directed by Taika Waititi and it made about $854 million in the box office. This was Thor Ragnarok. This was the third movie in the Thor series, which came out right around the middle of phase three. To be honest, the first couple of Thor movies weren't really that great. The first one was a little boring and they were still really trying to understand who Thor was as a character. The story was okay, but they hadn't really found their footing yet. The second one had promise because at that point we had already had our first Avengers movie. We liked Thor. We knew who Loki was. We liked the combination of them together and having them both on the screen at the same time as established characters really worked, but it floundered with a really terrible storyline and a pathetically generic bad guy that literally just wanted to turn out the lights. That's, I mean, that's, that's all they wanted to do just bad guy for the sake of being bad guy, destroying the entire universe kind of thing. And it was really, really dumb. It's commonly, that second Thor movie is commonly regarded as, as one of the worst in the entire series. Yep. Uh, but this movie made the conscious decision to not take itself too seriously. And it let Chris Hemsworth do what he really does best, which is toe the line between smoldering hero and Jack Burton wannabe. Two years after this, <laughs> <laughs> you like that? So this was this is two years after the whole issues with Sokovia, the events that happened in Age of Ultron, and it features uh, you know the death of of his father Odin and the return of his half sister Hela, who quote unquote banishes Thor and Loki to this trash planet Sakar, uh, which we we find is being led by Jeff Goldblum, where the Hulk happens to be hiding. And I think the the one thing that makes this movie really magical is the combination of Thor and the Hulk. It's a stroke of genius as a sort of buddy comedy that really gave the Hulk the balance and the credibility that I feel like he needed to succeed in a non-adventurous movie, right? Because the Hulk is the one character to this point, I just don't think they had gotten right. I mean, they, they did okay in the Avengers, but that was, a, that was an ensemble cast. And this was one of the first ones that was not ensemble, but it wasn't a Hulk solo movie either. But the Hulk at that point really hadn't, we, we hadn't found the right venue for him yet. And I think pairing him with Thor in this movie was fantastic. It had some great music. The score was done by Mark Mothersbaugh, who is very famously known for being the, uh, the main uh, songwriter and musician in the band Devo. 
and it was a really great synthesizer score and they even had some some great music in the movie obviously led zeppelin's immigrant song when thor finally becomes the god of thunder and they bring in some zeppelin i mean what could be more perfect than that it was just a really great fun movie it's one of those ones that is instantly rewatchable i don't i don't really care how many times uh, i've seen it i can always put it on and really enjoy it without having to worry about Oh, well, this is the part where somebody dies or something really sad happens. It's just a really, really fun movie to watch. I couldn't agree with you more. I love this flick. It's actually not on my list, but but that's mm. not because I don't love it. You know what I mean? It is. Yeah, yeah you're, you're right. It's fun. It, it is a really fun movie. But, you know, there was a time in, in these Marvel movies where, and it was right around, right before here, right, where... There was a couple of them, and I and I don't have the I don't have the list in front of me in terms of specific dates, but they were just kind of very dark and foreboding. They weren't as bad as like a DC movie, but they were, you know, they they were they weren't fun. And this one brought back the fun in spades. And I really liked, I really enjoyed the Hulk movie with with Edward Norton, but in his Hulk form, he just they never hit it until until Ruffalo played him. So, I mean, I, I would love to see a movie with, you know, Ed Norton as the as the banner and then the, the Ruffalo version as the Hulk. Obviously, that's not going to work. But but yeah, th- th- this was a, this was a fun movie to see Goldblum in there was fun. And, and you re- and you started to see kind of little little bits and pieces of the universe expanding. You know, you, you, you know, there's there's infinity. There's mentions of Infinity Stones. You know, you've got new characters introduced. And and, you, and even though it is a relatively small movie within the MCU, it really is starting to kind of build things out, which is which is awesome. That's a gr- that's a great pick. Okay, my my number four, I think, might surprise you a little bit. It is also from 2016, but it is the origin story of one of my least well known characters coming into this. This is Doctor Strange. Oh, um, nice. I, I, yeah, I really. I really was surprised by how much I liked this movie when it came out. And I have gone back to it several times since. And I, I just, I really, really love this film. I think part of why I like it is Dr. Strange has powers that no other Avenger does. Right. And, and, and that really, he, you know, he's not, he's not a super strong character you know, he, he's not super fast, but he's got this, he has this gift, right? And it's, and it's all channeled through where a lot of it is channeled through the time stone. But I don't know. I just, I just really kind of fell in love with this, with the character of Stephen Strange. I will say that like a lot of these MCU movies, the villain is not great in here, right? Yeah. They, they, you know, they're, they're kind of these milk toast villains sometimes. Sure. Um, you know, with, but I guess, I guess that sort of makes sense, right? When you're comparing everybody to Thanos and, and you're comparing every, any, every quest to the destruction of half of the, the universe, I guess everything will, com- will kind of pale a little bit. That doesn't put a damper on really my, my enjoyment of this particular film. I think it looks great. Again, I was I, I really knew very little about about Stephen Strange coming into this, and I was blown away by how much I liked it, and and it and it shows by the fact that it's number four on my list. Yeah, I think that's a solid pick, and I'm really glad that our list isn't as. I mean, when I'm writing mine, I'm feeling like all my picks are pretty obvious, and I felt like we could line up at least a couple of them. I'm sure we will before the end of it, but 
I, I'm glad to see that because that's one that I feel like is a little bit underrated. The story is a little bit so-so, but I think the selling point here is Benedict Cumberbatch. I think he does a fantastic job in this character. I cannot imagine them casting anybody else for this at all. They really, really nailed it with him. And the mythology behind his character and sort of, I don't know if witchcraft is the right word, but I'm he's not a witch, but he's a wizard of, of, some, of sorts. And yep. it, he, he brings a new dimension of powers to this group, which is very different from what we've seen to this point. You know, it's, yeah, it's, you know, it's more about yeah. magic and less about big muscles or fancy gadgetry or whatever you want to call it. Like this is a little bit otherworldly, which is like, okay, well, this is interesting. Like, let's see where this goes. Yeah. And, you know, I think I think part of what I really like about Stephen Strange and, and actually, I guess now that I think about it, all of the Avengers, they all have flaws. They are not perfect characters by any stretch. Right. Sure. And Stephen Strange at the beginning of this movie, he's an asshole. I mean, he's just a he's a dick. And I think that's part of what I like about him. Right. Like he's yeah. not this kind of like this perfect character. And I, you know, I was, and I was really kind of drawn towards that. So yeah, yeah, it's um, kind of a redemption story for him, I think. It is um, absolutely. Which, you know, you, the same could be potentially said about Tony Stark and some of the yep. other characters. I think Captain America is the only one that maybe you can argue that maybe he's he doesn't really have a dark side to him. I mean, I think they tried right. to tip their hat to that, but the worst thing he did was not tell Tony about his parents. But you know, I, I can understand why he didn't do that. So. That may be why he seems a little boring by comparison, but I agree his Dr. Strange's him being a, a surgeon and, and being super cocky and super confident and ultimately that leading to you know this horrible car crash, which put him in this situation was, I, I thought it was just a really interesting story. Yeah. What, uh, what do you got for number three, sir? All right. It feels like we're flying through this, right? Like I, this is, this is crazy to me probably because it's, uh, we're not even through the opening scroll yet if we're talking about Star Wars movies. Right, right. So my number three is one that might be a little surprising because I feel like it is commonly regarded as one of the absolute best Marvel movies in the cinematic universe. This is 2019's uh, Endgame, Avengers Endgame. It, it worked its way to number three on my list. And the second of the three that I've talked about so far that has been directed by the Russo brothers and spoiler alert, the other two will be as well. So that'll tip my hat a little bit. This one came near the end of phase three, which is sort of awkward how they do their phases. I'm not really sure how or why Spider-Man far from home was crammed in after this to end phase three, but obviously this was filmed back to back with its younger sibling infinity war. And this movie has a very sullen dramatic tone for at least the first hour or so. And it's expected and, and appropriate, I think, but it does suck some of the fun out of the story, which is probably why it ends up closer to number three for me, because the movies on my list really have to be rewatchable. This is a harder movie to rewatch because it's such a heavy themed movie in terms of, you know, we start off five years after the snap and, and half the the world, half the universe has been vanquished from existence. And this is showing the results of that and the Avengers and where they are in the world and what has happened. But we do eventually get back to some lighthearted scenes as we revisit you know, previous storylines through time travel, which is really fun. I'm a sucker for anything that's time travel related. We find Thanos uh, post snap in hiding when Thor lops his head off rather easily. And then 
Tony Stark eventually returns from space and ends up discovering time travel, which is how they managed to get the stones to bring everybody back. So Back to the Future is a bunch of bullshit. But the movie ends with a, a, an incredibly long, action-packed, and emotional fight scene, which yields the death of Tony Stark as he announces, I am Iron Man, before snapping his own gauntlet and turning Thanos to dust. And, you know, this was top to bottom. I think it was a very emotional movie. It, it felt very draining. Like, I felt tired. This is one of those movies that I felt exhausted, like I needed a nap after I watched it, not just because it was like two and a half hours long, but because there was it just asked so much of me in this movie uh, and I was happy to give it because it, it earned it to this point but all the actors really did a fantastic job despite the Marvel Cinematic Universe chugging on I, I feel like this really felt like a demarcation point it really felt like the end of an era for Marvel and one of the things that I really loved about it was the whole I love you 3000 thing that really hit home for me especially because it, around 2019 my my daughter was about three years old and she had started doing that. She had started saying things like that to me because she, you know, I would say that I love you. And she said, I love you. And, and we would go back and forth and she would, I don't know, kids at that age try to quantify things a lot. So she would say things like, I love you 1 million or I love you, blah, blah, blah. And when, when the little girl, when Tony Stark's daughter said, I love you 3000, like it just really tugged at my heartstrings. And I really, uh, I really thought that was cool. And of course, uh, urban legend is that it's also the exact runtime of all the Marvel movies in the first three phases. So if you if you take the Spider-Man Far From Home movie, which came after this, and add that the runtime to that to every movie that it came that came before it, it actually does add up to three thousand minutes, which is apparently wow, that's a, like, it's apparently that's a coincidence. Uh, it's not intentional, which is really, really bizarre, but it was really cool. But I mean, Endgame was just such a phenomenal masterpiece and really the end of an era. And no matter what happens from this point going forward, I think this will be a, a very significant break and one that we will look back and say, wow, like 23, 24 straight movies. Holy shit. We couldn't even get nine Star Wars movies that we all agreed on, but Marvel really crushed it when they gave us Endgame and finished everything off. I could not agree with you more. I alluded to it earlier. There are not many times on these lists when we have the same choice at the same spot, but it has happened again. Endgame is my number three as well. I literally just got goosebumps again because there is a scene in this movie that you alluded to. I want to say it's towards the end, but it's like the back third, right? It's where the big battle, everybody comes back. When Sam, so Captain America, again, I'm sure you guys have all seen this movie. If you're, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen this, you have no idea what the fuck we're talking about. But Captain America has gone one-on-one -on -one with Thanos and gotten his ass kicked, quite frankly. He's got his, his shield is broken. He's all alone. Everybody else is defeated. And he hears in his, in his earpiece, on your left. And that is a callback from 20-some movies ago. And this is where they all come back. And the, the portals open up. And, you know, the, the Doctor Strange portals open up and here come all of our dusted heroes. I remember on opening night of this movie, when this scene happened, and again, I'm, I legit, I wish we were video. I've got goosebumps so bad because every single time I hear that song, it's called Portals. It, it, it's, I mean, you see Black Panther, you see, like everybody comes back yeah. and it is the Avengers standing united against Thanos and his army. And God damn, when 
Captain America says, Avengers assemble. I mean, I lose my shit every single time I see it. And, and I, think, I think part of the reason that this movie is so incredible, and you're right, it asks a lot of you, but if you have, if you went all in and you had watched all 20 some movies up to this point, it has something for everybody. It's got callbacks, it's got little things, it's got little nods to every single movie. You don't have to watch all of those movies, but if you have and you've invested, it is, it's, it's just so, so good. You are rewarded um, for it, for sure. You, you absolutely are. Even the movies that like you, you may not like or it may not be your favorite characters or, or what have you, there's little nods to all of those characters in here. And it's just, it's just so worth it. I love, love, love this movie. It's funny because if I remember correctly, we were talking in the last podcast, the Rise of Skywalker review, and we were talking about bad guys and how you felt like some of the bad guys in a lot of these movies that they just don't know how to vanquish them properly. And, and this is the one that I kind of disagreed with you on because I really like how they did Thanos in this in terms of, you know, well, not just the battle. The battle was obviously a great battle, but the fact that, you know, Tony Stark snapped him away and, and he basically faded into dust the same way that he had intended to, you know, split the universe between, uh, you know, half of them being dead and, and half of them still being around. I, I thought it was such a great way to end that in such an appropriate way to finish off the character of Thanos. And, and that's one of the things that I thought they did really, really well in this movie. Yeah, I, again, I, I cannot speak highly enough about this movie. I, I think you will be surprised that you mentioned it's 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 little sister i'll i'll tip my hat it's little sister is not on my list and, and i and wow. i know that that is i know that's probably on your list and i agree that that is that's an amazing movie as well but we, we could talk about it when we get there oh that's great no, that's <laughs> yeah. good i mean i don't yeah. want our list to be the same or otherwise this is going to be really fucking boring yeah so uh all right we, we we're at your number two sir all what right my, num my number two uh, was, I believe, your number four. So 2014, directed again by the Russo brothers with a modest $714 million was Captain America Winter Soldier. I, I never thought in a million years when all these, if I would have known that all these movies would have been coming out, I would have never guessed that I would have had multiple Captain America movies on this list because it, it just didn't, that character never really resonated with me. But they did such a great job with him pretty much the entire time. This is the MCU directorial debut by the Russo brothers who occupy four of the five movies on my list. And honestly, like they crushed everything they did. They turned everything to gold in this series. And God, I had heard a rumor at some point that they might do some Star Wars movies and I, I just give them everything that they want because yep. they know how to tell a story. They know how to direct a movie. It's just, it's amazing what they, what they have done with these movies but this one is set you know three years after the battle of new york this is the third movie in phase two and it really couldn't have come in a better time because this actually followed one of the worst movies in the series which was thor 2 it was very very close to being the number one for me which is kind of weird because at the time that that we saw this you know i wasn't as i mentioned earlier i wasn't a huge fan of captain america it was he was sort of milk toast to me he was to use your word from earlier kind of boring and i thought the first movie was a bit slow and, and not super interesting, which I've come around a lot on. 
especially because I really like Chris Evans in this character. I think he sells it really well. But this one really upped the stakes. And in my opinion, has one of the best stories of all the Marvel movies. And Marvel did do a really good job of pairing certain characters together throughout the first four phases of their movies, like Thor with Hulk and Iron Man with Spider-Man. And this is really where I felt like they got their start with that. This is where they paired Black Widow with Captain America, which was a really charming couple. You know, they weren't a couple. There was no, there was no romantic interchange between them which i thought was really great like they didn't turn this into a love story they were they were comrades they were friends and that's what really made it special uh, the score i remember was really intense and kind of creepy and, and bucky proved to be a worthy adversary to his old friend and hey how many times do you get to see gary shandling of all people say hail hydra you know <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, yeah. it was bizarre, but it was, it was really good. And, and this is one of those movies where I'll be honest, I don't revisit it a lot. So it's sort of counterintuitive to the way that I built my list because all these other movies I, I like to watch, but it's, it's really amazing. It's such a good movie. Again. Yeah. It was, it was number four on my list. So I, so I chatted about it then. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I came back around to it because again, it was, it wasn't one of my favorites at the beginning and and it is now for all the reasons that you just laid out, for sure. All right. So my number two is the 2012 team-up movie known as The Avengers. This is kind of, I believe it's it's the end of phase one, right? It's, it's, the, um, it's the introduction of Loki. It's the first time that we've seen all the Avengers, or at least all the Avengers up until that point, kind of battle together against you know coming together to form a team it's where you really start to see captain america start to be the captain and then really kind of leading the team it's where you really start to see some of the the really kind of interesting interplay between tony stark and captain america and you start to see you know thor and Hulk. i mean it's just this is a big grandiose film a big battle scene at the end which is in new york which was actually filmed in cleveland um again so i've got i've got kind of that um a real connection to this film i remember when they were filming it i was actually working in one of the buildings that they were filming it in and it was it was just so cool to see cleveland downtown cleveland being kind of taken over for a summer for them to film this movie but even if it wasn't in cleveland uh, it's again i they're working together and 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 really i was so overjoyed when we came back to this movie in Endgame, right? The, the, the heroes of today, quote, went back and they went back in time and back into that movie and they revisited that battle and we got to see things from another, uh, another viewpoint. We got to see them interact with some of the similar, certainly the, the same streets, the same buildings, those kind of things. And the, my love for that movie was elevated because of my love for this movie. I, it's, it's, it's awesome. I'm such a fan. And I can, you know, one of the things that you mentioned was rewatchability. I can watch this movie over again and again and again. Absolutely love it. No, I think that's a that's a fantastic pick. In fact, I had a really hard time not putting it on my list because that was when that movie came out. I remember thinking, wow, they they could have ended it right there. And I would have been super happy. Like if we never had a Marvel movie after that, I would have said, wow, they had an Iron Man movie. They had a Hulk movie, they had Captain America, they had Thor movie, 
And they took all those characters who I didn't know a whole lot about because I grew up loving Superman and Batman and DC characters more. And what they really did is they made me care about these characters. And then they assembled them all in one movie. And it was really, really good. And they did it all very well. And they conjured a bad guy who I thought did fantastic and was really invested in that whole story. And it was just, it was amazing. It was really, really good. And I never in a million years thought that they would be able to build on top of that, but they actually did. And it was, it was just amazingly solid. Before that point in time, it just doesn't seem like what they did had been done, right? They, I can't think of any other series where they're like, I'm going to do four separate movies and then build to this one movie that's going to incorporate all those storylines and all those characters. Technically it was five because I think Iron Man 2 came out before Avengers, but the point being that it, they just, they had this vision. Kevin Feige had this vision of putting all this together and he did, and it worked so amazingly well. And if they'd have ended it there, it would have been brilliant, but they didn't thankfully. And it kept going and it kept getting better and it was amazing. So yeah, that's, that's a, that's a really, really good pick. All right, sir. We have arrived at your number one. I think I know what it is, but what do you got? Yeah, this is going to be the worst kept secret of the podcast. But yeah, my number one is obviously Avengers Infinity War. This one, uh, I can't remember the last time I was this excited for a non-Star Wars movie, to be honest. It was because I knew it was it was chapter one of a two chapter story that was going to end everything that we knew and loved about these Avengers movies or this this Marvel Universe which of course it's going on, but won't be going on the same way. It did make a modest $2 billion in the box office. Uh, sandwich be- ridiculous. <laughs> right? I mean, it's insane. Uh, sandwiched between Phase 3 flicks, Black Panther and Ant-Man and the Wasp. This movie really shows the beginning of what I feel like we have been building up to for so long. I think that's why is that this was this was the release, right? Like we've been building up movie after movie after movie for a decade. And we finally got to this point where, okay, everything that we had been paying attention to is now starting to pay off. And so watch every moment, soak everything in because this is, this is going to be everything. Uh, It definitely lived up to its Avengers name. This movie hardly disappoints on any level, at least not for me. I know some people are more critical of this, but for me, it's, this is where it's at. Uh, it features the coming together of pretty much everyone that we've met so far in this universe. And I think it's another showcase of, of really fun, intelligent pairings of different characters that we know and love. So Iron Man with Doctor Strange, Thor with the Guardians of the Galaxy, Hawkeye with Black Widow, which was a little less surprising, but it was nice to actually see them together and doing things. It just kept the story screaming forward. And it's, it's fun to have Captain America back and he's all bearded up paired next to Thor, who is now clearly shaven, grow it long, shave it off. You know how that works. And, and, you know, just when you think our heroes have saved the day and the world along with it, Thanos reverses time at the end of the movie and finishes the job to capture the last infinity stone, snaps his fingers and gives us one of, in my opinion, the best cliffhangers in cinematic history next to Empire Strikes Back. I mean, I really think it's that important in the grand scheme of things. And, and this movie is just, it's amazing. Like, it's very rewatchable for me. I always sort of harken back to the very first scene where we have Thanos on uh, on the ship. I, I don't know what the ship was called, but it's basically where all the Asgardians were. 
and you've got Thor and you've got Loki. And this is that features the death of Loki and the Hulk when he gets shipped off back to earth and all that stuff. And I, I just, it, it sets such an amazing tone from the beginning of that movie and it never stops being brilliant to me. And that's why I think this is my absolute favorite Marvel movie of all time. Yeah, no, it, it is. It's an, it's an outstanding pick. And the fact that it doesn't appear on my list is not any reflection in the fact that I don't love this movie because I absolutely do. I prefer Endgame because it's the end of that story, right? But I will 100% agree with you. It is, I might even put it ahead of Empire. I might. In terms what? of in terms In terms of cliffhangers, I oh, might. Okay, all right. In terms yeah. of cliffhangers. I might. I think so. Because, I, I mean, honestly, coming out of that movie, we just did not know, right? We, we knew that there was another Spider-Man movie coming. But, I mean, when, when that group of Avengers gets dusted, yeah, I mean, it was, it was mind-blowing on a, on a level that I don't, I don't know that we've ever seen. I mean, th- this is clearly yeah. the best, quote, team up movie i think in history right i mean there's so many characters for sure and yeah i mean you might have a character your favorite character there that you might want to have more screen time but like every single character in here has something to do and it doesn't feel like they're just kind of thrown together like it it's all part of the story and they they just did it and just a remarkable job of, of bringing this film together yeah, I, 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 I can't disagree with anything that you said. It's, it's an amazing film. Yeah, I have to say that that's the most impressive thing from my standpoint is that they took so much content and so many characters and they lumped it together in a two plus hour movie and they did it really well. It's not flawless by any means, but the fact that they could do this and build to this point and not disappoint, not only not disappoint, but they actually impressed me with what they had to offer here. It, it just still mind-blowing to me i I still can't get over how how happy i was that i watched this movie and it it didn't feel too bloated it didn't feel too busy it it certainly felt a lot less headache inducing than rise of skywalker if i'm being honest right because that movie yeah yeah. like we're just going to throw everything in the kitchen sink at you whereas this one it's like okay well we have all these elements but we're going to really pragmatically put them together in a way that's going to engage the audience yeah, you know, and, and I think I, it, one one last point about Infinity War and and I guess Endgame too. Those movies, and you mentioned Rise of Skywalker, and, and one of the things that we were complaining about during our our sequel trilogy retrospective is that there didn't seem to be any consistency. It didn't seem like they sat down at the beginning of that trilogy and said, "Here's where we're going." Right? Endgame and Infinity War, even though they didn't it feels like they sat down at the beginning of the infinity saga and wrote the whole thing out. And, yes. and I don't think they did, you know, they clearly, they, they clearly had the comic source material to guide them, but I don't think they sat down and you wouldn't know that by watching those last two movies. There's, there's nothing that's shoehorned in. There's nothing out of place. And, and like I said, if you invest the time in those 20 plus movies, you are immensely rewarded for, for it starting with infinity war again i can't say anything yeah that's a fantastic point in fact that's the best thing that's been said on this whole podcast and it it does not feel like anything is contrived it does not feel like anything was just sort of cobbled in there because we have to do fan service or because we weren't really thinking that far ahead 
it almost feels like from 2008 Iron Man 1 that Kevin Feige knew exactly where we were going to be by the time we got to the end of Endgame. And that's the biggest compliment you could possibly pay a, a movie series like this. It, it doesn't seem like it would be that hard until you look at everything that came before it and realize that nobody could ever do anything to this level, to this kind of spectacle. And that's exactly what Marvel and Disney and Kevin Feige and the Russo brothers, and all these really brilliant people did when they put all this together. They made it seem like they knew what they were doing the whole time. And that is beyond impressive for me. Yeah. It really is. It really is. All right. You got um, number one. Let's finish I, this I off. Got, I got number one. So you know what? It's kind of poetic. My number one is where it all started. My number one is 2008's Iron Man. I have grown to love the character of Tony Stark and Iron Man so much. And it started with that origin story. I'll, I'll be honest with you. When I first saw Iron Man, I I knew of the character and I had read some of the comics, but you know, it wasn't like he was my favorite character. I was absolutely blown away by that origin story, that film from the word go when, when he's in the desert and he's, you know, building the original Iron Man suit in a, in a fucking cave in the middle of the desert. And from there he, he grows and he goes on an arc, not only in that movie, but a, but really an arc that goes those 20, 20 plus movies, right? With him ending and snapping his fingers and saying, I am Iron Man. And again, it's entirely possible. It's not that it's possible. I know my reverence for this movie only grew every single time I saw Tony Stark on screen, you know? And, and again, it's not just in this movie, but, but this is the one that I come back to. I've probably watched this one more than any of the other MCU movies. I love it. I can't say enough good things about it. If, you know, and, and in, in my mind, this is one of those movies that even if you're not a comic book fan, you can sit down and you can watch Iron Man because Tony Stark is just, he's, he's a, an eccentric, brilliant billionaire. Yes, he's got the, you know, the reactor in his chest in this movie and this, that, you know, but he's, he's a dude, right? He's, he, he doesn't have superpowers with the exception of his suit. Yeah, I just, I'm babbling. I cannot say enough good things about this film. I love it. Yeah, we owe an immense debt of gratitude to this movie. My, my list is clearly my favorites. It's not which movies are the best. And if we were doing which movies are legitimately the best, Iron Man is probably up there. Very close to the top for me because it really, you know, it's funny when I'm looking back, like I alluded to this earlier, but like growing up, I didn't have a lot of exposure to anything Marvel. I knew who Spider-Man was, but that was really about it. I knew who the X-Men were. I'd heard of the Fantastic Four, but when, you, when I'm growing up as a kid, it's all about Batman and Superman. So it's all the DC universe. So I had probably heard of Iron Man, but didn't know anything about it. And then this movie came out and it completely blew me away. And it was obviously very brilliantly cast with Robert Downey Jr., who, who most people forget to that point, you know, he, his career had squandered for the most part. You know, there had been a lot of personal struggles that he had outside of his work and then you know, there were movies that he, were, he was doing, but he wasn't a $50 million a picture guy back in 2008. He just wasn't. But he breathed new life into this entire thing. And it was, it was brilliant. And, and we owe it an, an enormous debt of gratitude to him and John Favreau for directing it. 
it was brilliant because if it wasn't for how well they pulled that off, we wouldn't be here 13 years later talking about the 20 movies that the 25 movies that followed that. So, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. that is, that's, it's an excellent choice. I think it's interesting that Iron Man or Tony Stark is a very likable character and that, I mean, he's basically Batman, right? He's Marvel's yeah. answer to Batman. He's the, eccentric rich billionaire who has cool gadgets and toys but no real superpowers and he's pretty smart too i guess that's that's the one thing that may differentiate him he's he's like a legitimate genius and can do you know a lot of things in that respect but he's such a fun character and it's sad that he's not around anymore but i also think it's good that they took the opportunity to end that character all good things must come to an end at some point. And I think that that makes good sense, but it all started with him and he deserves all the credit for it. So yeah. that, that's a fantastic pick for sure. We got through our main list. We got, we get one honorable mention, and then we're also going to do kind of a, uh, a special category. And that special category is our favorite Stan Lee cameo. I'll let you go first. You can either choose your cameo or your, or your honorable mention or both. I'll, I'll leave start. It up to you. Yeah. I'll start with the honorable mention and, you kind of took the steam a little bit out of this. This is the only one that may be a little bit unpredictable for my list, if you know me, but I actually put Dr. Strange for my honorable mention for a lot of the reasons that I kind of already talked about. I, I mean, the movie, honestly, the movie itself was okay. The story was was decent, but I think, again, Benedict Cumberbatch was brilliant in this role. I really liked the wizardry behind everything. And I thought that the mythology of his story and his powers were a really cool derivation from you know what we've seen so far in the marvel universe tilda swinton was really good in this movie as sort of uh the morpheus character <laughs> if you will yeah uh, since yeah. this is this feels like a matrix movie or it feels like it could be an offshoot of a matrix movie in a lot of senses so i'll be really interested I i'm actually of all the movies that are coming out in the next year i think the one that i'm the most interested in is the doctor strange sequel uh, in the multi, uh, I don't remember what, something about the multiverse, but they're bringing, uh, I, I think, uh, Scarlet Witch is going to be in that movie and it's going to really have a lot to do with what we're going to see out of Marvel for the next handful of years and the next couple of phases. But yeah, that, that movie was really good. Again, I, we talked a lot about that already, so there's not really much I can add to that, but I thought the movie was really interesting and it, as much as I don't know if it's as good as any of the other movies that I watched. It's the one that I find myself more intrigued to re-experience because of some, because of the way that it's just so different from the other Marvel movies. So yeah, I, I really like Doctor Strange. No, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a, a, again great, great pick. My honorable mention. It was it was the the one that I saw last out of out of all of these it was captain marvel it was another one that i was really really surprised at how much i liked that movie i think part of the reason that i liked it so much was i actually i didn't see it until after i saw endgame i i didn't see it so during during the pandemic i went back to the beginning i went back to iron man with my boys and my older two boys, and we sat down and we watched the entire, you know, Infinity Saga. And I had not seen Captain Marvel all the way through until I sat down, you know, 20 some movies in with my boys. 
And I think part of the reason that I loved it so much was it was new MCU content for me, right? Even though I, had, I, I already knew where we were going, I already knew the character. I just, I really enjoyed it. I was surprised by how much I enjoyed it, so. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good choice. I didn't love that movie as a whole. There were, there were things that I loved about, that I did really like about that movie, but from my perspective, I felt like they really tried to force the whole 90s vibe down everybody's throats a lot. Like, absolutely. Yep. Hey, absolutely. it's blockbuster video. Hey, she's wearing a nine inch nail shirt. Hey, we're playing a Nirvana song or, or whatever. You know, it's at that point, they were trying to create different motifs for all the movies. And I think that that one was a little, it, it just felt like it was shoved down my throat a little bit. I don't really feel like they needed to, if they wanted to set it in the 90s, that's fine. But you don't have to tell me visually or from an audio perspective in every other scene, you know, hey, this is in the 90s. Like, it just, it seemed a little obnoxious. But nope. as far as stories go and as far as Brie Larson, I thought she was great. I thought I thought the CG was really great in that movie in terms of de-aging Samuel L. Jackson because we've certainly seen, you know, digital characters haven't really come around to the point where I feel like they're super believable. But they have been able to digitally de-age current actors in ways that I think were really great. If, if you remember back to, I think it was the, was it the third X-Men movie? That one was really good that uh, Ian, there was a scene towards the beginning where Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart were talking yes. with Jean Grey. I think it's that one where, where they de-age them and they both look great. Like it, it, it really does a good job of selling how young they were in that scene. Yes. And I think that they have really done a nice job scaling that technology since then. And it looks really good in Captain Marvel. And I think that that's something that I can go with in a more believable fashion than having like fake Tarkin up there or, you know, for example. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a pretty good movie. I, it's not one that I rewatch a whole lot. I have watched it a couple times. Right. right. I yeah, think they are planning a sequel. I think it's good that they put that they, they sort of crammed that movie in there because they knew that Captain Marvel was going to be a pretty significant part of Endgame and they couldn't just right. introduce that character with what she had to do in that movie. So they had to give right. her a little bit of background before that, which was smart. Yeah, and, and again, you're, you're, you're right. I mean, the, the, the 90s nostalgia is literally shoved right up your, you know, right up your nose. And I, and you're right. And, you know, and I, I recognize that I'm not above being pandered to, right. I mean, I'm, I'm a 40 something year old <laughs> yeah. guy that, you know, that that's speaking right to me. So, all right. Uh, we got a, a couple minutes left here in this podcast. What do you got for your favorite Stan Lee cameo? Well, ironically, and it may be the same for you. I don't know, but <laughs> my favorite Stan Lee cameo is from Captain Marvel. Uh, yeah. How could it, how could it be anything else? It's the sweetest, most endearing Stanley cameo in all the movies. And it was easily my first go-to when I suggested that we do this. This is the Brie Larson's character as Captain Marvel is walking through a, uh, a sub, or it's not a subway, but it's whatever, an above ground train or whatever. And she yep. walks by Stanley as he's sitting on the train and he's reading the script to the movie Mallrats, which is... To me, like I, you talk about you getting chills for some weird, stupid fucking reason. Like I get chills when I say that out loud because I just thought it was really it was really adorable. It was very sweet and endearing that they did this. 
because Mallrats is near and dear to my heart. Mallrats was the first Kevin Smith movie that I saw. And to be honest with you, it's the first time that I really got exposed on any level to Stan Lee because I was not a comics person. I, I didn't know comics yeah. when I was a kid. And I've never heard of Stan Lee until I saw the movie Mallrats. And that's the first time I saw him or heard of him or understood that he was responsible for the Hulk and, and the Fantastic Four and all those Marvel characters, or at least partially responsible. And he goes by, you know, she walks by him and he's reading that script and he says, you know, something true believer and all this stuff. And, and it just really touched me in a way. And then of course, you know, me being a, a Kevin Smith fan to the end of my life, probably. I love the fact that he got so, I mean, like, he is in tears when he when he sees this movie and he sees that happening because Kevin Smith was very close to Stanley and he he cared about him very much and they were friends in real life and Kevin Smith essentially became canon in the Marvel universe when they wrote him into this movie and of course that uh, you know that makes him pretty uh, pretty happy in that respect so I I just loved it it was the sweetest and most thoughtful Stanley cameo I think we had in the whole series I could not agree with you more. It's the exact same Stan Lee cameo that I had <laughs> for the exact same reasons. Yeah. Um, I, I can't, yeah, I, I know, I know we saw one of the Kevin Smith movies together on opening night. Was it this or was it Chasing Amy? I don't remember. So we, I saw, I don't remember if you were there. I saw Chasing Amy at the Von Lee uh, yes. in Bloomington. That's, yeah. So that's yeah. probably what we saw because I don't think okay. at that point, Mallrats was the first one I saw. And that was on video. That was on home video. It was on VHS. And then I think we okay. went back and saw Clerks after that. But yeah, Chasing Amy would have been the first one we saw in the theater. And then I, I definitely saw Dogma, which I loved. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, there are definitely a, a couple stinkers in there. But he's he definitely seems like the kind of guy that if I went to high school with, he'd have been my best friend. And hopefully he'd have put me in some of his movies. But because he loves Star Wars. He loves uh, all these Marvel movies. He's a comic book geek. He loves all that stuff. And so to, to make that Stan Lee's cameo in that movie, and it, I think that turns out to be his last cameo in all of the movies, was really uh, was really touching and, and really awesome. Yeah. Well, th this has been amazing. We, uh, we got through the top five MCU movies. We got an honorable mention. We had one overlap in the movies and then we have the overlap of the honorable mention thank you for your time this evening to all of you out there listening to us thank you very much for sticking with us my name is chewy i've been joined once again by my brother from another mr pip thank you very much this has been the 411 from 406 you got anything else sir that's about it for me i think i'm uh, i'm all talked out appreciate your time as well I love you with all my heart and uh, we will talk again very soon likewise my brother i'll talk to you soon Right. Have a good evening, folks.